2: Totally Football League show, the last one of the year. As the advent calendars open, the doors are closing in Wales. Crypto bros might have wanted to buy Bradford, but it looks like matches will be the real NFTs of the EFL this Christmas as the postponements pile up. Sunderland's Cup of Carabao goes flat and we go right to the bottom of the football league. This is the Totally Football League show in association with Paddy Power. Joining me, Matt Davis-Adams, in the pod today are Sam Parkin, already in Christmas mood, live from the in-laws. Hi, Sam. Hi, Matt. (laughs) Not got any more for me than that. Not got a glass of eggnog in your hand. No mince pie, no hat, I see.
1: Just just had a bacon roll delivered to the uh, upstairs office by uh, Louise's dad. Tremendous. No sauce, though. So plenty of time for him to improve because we're not planning on going anywhere anytime soon. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, be dry without any sauce, odd. Anyway, also with us, our favourite Al fancier and the athletics EFL expert, Nancy Frostick. Hi, Nancy. Hello. Uh, right, football is back behind closed doors in Wales from Boxing Day and for the foreseeable future afterwards. Cardiff, we're due to play Coventry on the 26th. That's been called off, though. See also Newport's game with FGR. Swansea away at Millwall on Boxing Day as it stands that'll be played in front of supporters. The Swans then host Luton on the 29th of December but it seems inevitable that English football will follow suit fairly soon. Uh Sam would you rather play behind closed doors or not at all?
1: Hmm. That's a really good question isn't it given that we've we all experienced it for so long last season and felt how drab it was at times. I felt really hard for the players to motivate themselves, you know, week after week with no supporters there. I certainly used to, you know, find it difficult. I found it difficult going down the levels, to be honest. You know, with all respect, when I got, you know, down to League Two and stuff like that, trying to motivate myself every week um, was a challenge when there's so many games. But I suppose the, the benefits to the society in general last time to be able to watch your team, whether on iFollow or whether watch live games on Sky, I think that did give everyone a bit of a boost. So, uh, of course, we want to continue watching football in, in some fashion, even if that's from the comfort of our our sofas. So, it's a reluctant keep going, but um, not looking forward to it.
2: Nancy, it's a bit more palatable on the assumption that it won't be for as long as last time. It sounds like the kind of whispers are it would be a month or so. I guess we could we could put up with that during January and then hope that things change in February.
3: Yeah, I mean, um, weirdly, I was going to say the opposite to Sam, though, and just say no, none at all, no one at all, because I think probably the players actually need a bit of a rest. I don't know. They're all pretty exhausted after the last two years of constantly playing games. But um but yeah, I mean, to be fair, if it is only a month, then it it feels manageable. But then uh, did we start off with that in, in March and then 2020 and it um, just rolled and rolled. So I don't know. It's I'm nervous about putting timescales on anything, really.
2: Yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. The future will reveal all. Uh, On Monday night, there was some football with fans. Producer Abby was at Craven Cottage to see Santa, but it was Fulham who continued to dish out the presents. Sorry. Uh, They were beaten by a goal to nil by resurgent Sheffield United. Um, Nancy, you weren't weren't a part of this, so you get no blame, but I feel like we were quite quick to scoff at the decision to swap Mucanovic for Heckenbottom, but it looks as though, actually, it, it might work out okay.
3: Maybe, maybe we, we know nothing and the <laughs> Sheffield United <laughs> Board know it all. Um, no, I mean, yeah, it looked a bit mad at the time, but um, I don't know, I guess sometimes maybe it's just that, like, feeling of getting everyone to rally round in a bit of a tough you know situation or, or whatever, and, um, yeah, it, it, it looks like it's picking up a bit there. I think it was a pretty good goal as well, wasn't it, that, um, that they scored? So, um, yeah, it's... It might turn out alright in the end and we'll um, we'll look a bit stupid.
2: <laughs> the goal, Sam, it was pretty good, but I think Nancy's got it right there. It was pretty good. It, I've heard people call it world class. It was a good run, but there's too much an element too much of an element of the P roller to the finish for it to be truly considered a great goal for
1: me. Here is Njai away from Seri, Billy Sharp to his left, and going all the way. It's a work of art. From the paintbrush of Villa manager. Yeah, I'm always a bit reluctant. Uh, I think in this day and age to point fingers at goalkeepers because we've got uh, Messrs Priest and the like who are very quick to tell us outfield players that we don't know anything, um, and that that specialised position is is uh, only for them to discuss. So I am kind of on that page, but I would be a bit disappointed had my goalkeeper let that one in. Uh, and also, I just. I didn't see, you know, the game in its entirety, but I do think it's a bit odd that he's choosing to play Seri in the the deep line midfield role because I think there's other players in that Fulham squad that would have stopped that move a little bit early uh, and a bit more abruptly. Uh, I think Seri was trying to like kind of manoeuvre himself goal side. I want my defensive midfield player to stop that player running straight away so he doesn't get anywhere near the... The, the 18-yard box, to get the strike away. So they were my two takes on it. Uh, credit to Ndi, I think he's been um, a bright spark for Sheffield United in not a brilliant season so far. But when you look at the calibre of the, the players that he's got in that side, hecking bottom, especially defensively, there's no surprise that they're going to shore up, stop conceding goals and, and probably have a much better second half of the season.
2: Yeah, Bladesborough and Forest all show why clubs are often so keen to change managers, particularly in the Championship. Um, I don't think Fulham will be changing managers, Nancy, but but no wins in five, still top for now, but they won't be there for long at this rate. Taking 10 points from 21 since they put seven past Blackburn. Have you got a theory as to, as to what's happened or is it just classic, the Championship is a difficult league, etc.
3: It's a funny one, isn't it? Because it felt like, um, you know, around that time, it was like done and dusted, everyone was talking as if that's it Bournemouth and Fulham are done, so you know everyone else have a little scrap below that for the playoffs but um but now, yeah, like Blackburn have caught them I think they're a point off uh off Bournemouth and I don't know whether it's um it might just be that the championship's a bit a bit mad or um things catching up with them in terms of you know their style of play both teams that you know they play football and get it down and you know it's maybe that's tiring I don't know but um (laughs) it's uh yeah it's definitely interesting to see if they have some sort of if this is just a blip or you know if, if they have some more structural problems really that um that might see them drop out you know into the playoffs and then then it's any guess anyone's guess what um what happens from there
2: Maybe it was all about Metro. after all. They got Birmingham at home on Boxing Day, so that would seem to be a decent opportunity for them to get back into form. Uh, elsewhere, on Tuesday night, Sunderland bowed out of the Carabao Cup. They were the final EFL representative. They got to the quarterfinal stage. Uh, our pal Adrian Clark was covering
4: the game and he sent us this report. It was a battering for Sunderland in the end, but I think they should feel proud of the way they approached the game. So many underdogs... Sit back and play for pens in matches like this, but Lee Johnson demanded bravery from his players, and they did cause quite a few problems, particularly in the first half. By the end, they had twelve shots and six of them on target, which I don't think is bad going at all. Nathan Broadhead's finish from a really smooth counter attack was top class. I thought that's six in six for him in all competitions. I do hope though his injury isn't too serious. Elliot Embleton was really good, so too. Was Alex Pritchard, who's definitely improved markedly over the last couple of months. I felt a bit for Denver Hume in the second half. He's been out for a while. And Pepe absolutely toyed with him in the second half. Up against him, you need to close those legs. Uh, Lyndon Gooch also struggled down that side against Pepe and Cedric. Arsenal were fantastic in the second half, no doubt about that. And 5-1 was probably a fair result but I did enjoy Sunderland's positive attitude that bodes well I think but to get promotion they'll need to improve at the back Adrian
2: Clark there he'll be back with us next year Uh, Right, the Crypto Bros saga we mentioned on Monday rumbles on after they, that's Wagme, released a statement at the weekend which Bradford say contained a number of inaccuracies and so the Bantams chairman Stefan Rupp released a statement of his own on Tuesday which ended, Sadly, the actions of Wagme United LLC have detrimentally brought both my integrity and the club's reputation into question. It's for this reason I've instructed my lawyers to explore all possible legal redress forthwith. Um, this is definitely going to be a podcast series coming to you in the near future. Uh, I feel sure. Nancy, we do, we don't know much about about NFTs and and crypto particularly, and and even these people. But my my reaction to this and the statement from the Bradford chairman was just leave it alone. Just just don't get involved. Surely you're just feeding the story by reacting to it in this way.
3: Yeah, it is one of those, isn't it? Where it's like, um, what you know? He said, she said. Here's a statement from me. Here's a statement from them. But yeah, it's. I suppose I can see why if it's so deeply has offended him, or it goes so deeply against what he feels Bradford's stand for, or, or whatever. Then I can sort of see why um, maybe he has responded because of of the way that this Blackburn United have kind of gone about things, like that the way they were talking, like you know, getting to the Premier League, like Ted Lasso, and um, you know all the ideas for nfts and and to be honest i don't really quite understand still nfts and how that would even work in a football context but i think uh joey Derso did a good piece on it um on the athletic sort of explaining what they were actually after but yeah they they've sort of um i don't think they've handled it necessarily very well in terms of um explaining what they're about and what they wanted to do it was a bit sort of gung-ho in the (laughs) the twitter live and all sorts that they did so yeah maybe one better left alone but then it it was a bit um, inflammatory, I
2: suppose. Uh, something we can talk about with a bit more knowledge, Sam, is the fact that Fleetwoods have given Stephen Craney the gig as head coach until the end of the season. He's won two of his last three, Cod Army 18th, two points above the relegation zone. I don't know about you, Sam, I'm still not digging this whole manager till the end of the season business. It, it just fills me with uncertainty and I'm not even a Fleetwood supporter.
1: Yeah, I was. I wasn't... I wasn't convinced that he was going for the job, really, um, listening to some of his post-match stuff. And I think the the results had been um, a little bit up and down when he, f- he first took interim charge. But, you know, it's a, it's a team, I think, that have got the capability to do okay this second half of the season. I've spoken about loads of um, attacking potential, score plenty of goals. It was just sorting them out defensively. He's a former defender, um, vastly experienced, and I'm sure that will probably be his focus. So I, I can understand it from that point of view uh, in terms of him and and what needs to be done with that team. And um, he's got loads of good attacking young players, loads of good young players, which he knows really well from the under twenty three. So on the face of it, that's maybe what the owner is thinking. Um, and if he can keep them in the division comfortably this year then review it in the summer. But, yeah, I don't, I don't see Fleetwood having too much to worry about in terms of getting dragged into, um, into relegation.
2: Right, tis the season for optimism. So, next, we're going to preview some games on the assumption that they might actually take place. It's the Paddy Power Football Supporter
0: Support Line. We're talking to Joe in Newcastle and Greg in Norwich. How are you feeling, gents? Oh, uh, yeah, good. Optimistic, Paddy. Uh, but your team's at bottom of the table. Why are you so happy? Well, I think I speak for Norwich and no saw fans everywhere when I say we really fancy our chances of uh, winning the championship next year. Ah, silver linings, eh? Just like with Paddy Power's Bet Builder, where you get money back as a free bet if one leg lets you down. Paddy Power applies to pre-match online bet builder bets with minimum four legs of at least one to five odds each, max free bet ten pounds per day. Excludes enhanced match odds. T and C's apply. 18 plus. Be You're
5: listening to the Totally Football League Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network.
2: Now then, most teams in the Championship are scheduled to play on Boxing Day, but QBRV Bournemouth is on the 27th, which might hopefully allow Rangers a bit more time to deal with their COVID cases. Uh, Sam, it's your your beloved team. They've not played since the 5th of December. I guess it depends on the severity of the cases that they've had, but... You know, we saw with Spurs, didn't we, on Sunday, how beneficial actually a couple of weeks break could be. So so Mark Warburton will be hoping that they're coming into this fresher than their opponents and and maybe with a little advantage because of that.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I've had big injury problems as well, QPR. The major issue at the moment is in the the wide positions. I think four wing backs uh, out injured. And um, I was at the reverse fixture and... On that day i thought qpr really struggled against bournemouth's brilliant left side and they're all reunited now um zimura and anthony and 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 billing so they need to get that right i think if they're going to be successful in this game but yeah we don't know who's going to be available for qpr hopefully they can have one or two of those guys back um i'm not too concerned about the defeat against stoke i think When you scored in, is it 31 straight games prior to that? This was liable to happen. They came up against an inspired goalkeeper display, Adam Davis. And it was similar to the Bristol City game when Dan Bentley was unbelievable at Rangers. They're having so many shots, QPR. I think, you know, they're not, they're not, you know, an unbelievable side at championship level who are going to romp to promotion. Um, So that's always liable to happen. Um, but yeah, not not too many concerns about QPR, just need to get hold of that midfield area, which Stoke dominated in the last game. And obviously Bournemouth have got that um, lovely balance down the left-hand side. So hoping for two big performances from whoever Mark Warburton selects in the wide positions. And it literally could be anyone. <laughs>
2: Uh, they got decent festive fixtures after this as well, QPR, away at Bristol City where everyone's a winner except Bristol City. Uh, and then they play Birmingham, who are not very good at the moment. If QPR win this and their two games in hand over Bournemouth, they would be above the cherries in the table. Another little piece of QPR news which warmed my heart. Park Ji Sung is now coaching Rangers' under-16 team. Uh, he had a little spell there, didn't he, at the end of his career. Uh, on Monday's show Nancy we declared Bournemouth's current state as being in a funk um, do you think that Scott Parker's got the experience slash ability to, to turn this around and what does he need to do to do so?
3: I think he's definitely got the players for it so um, if nothing else then then that should do it but um, but yeah I mean look, are they I think they had a lot um, Sam touched on, it, touched on it there, they've had a lot of injuries a few came back against Middlesbrough I think they lost 1-0 there and obviously, as players come back from injury, you know, even though they've featured in that game, uh, Billions and more, you know, they're not going to be straight back to what they might have been before they were out for various reasons. So, I suppose it'll give him the chance as well to go back to. I think he had to change his tactics, kind of because of the the absences and like changes shapes. He's not been having that four three three that they were kind of using a lot before. So, yeah, it might be able to go back to that. And and obviously, those players they've got. They should, should see them through. But um, yeah, and funny thing about um, Parji Sung, weirdly, I did a piece on QPR recently and um, found out that he liked to ride around London on the buses when he was at QPR, um, <laughs> which he can't do when he's at home um, and he couldn't do when he was at, Manche- at Manchester United either. So um, yeah, he'll be back riding around buses, so you have to look out for him <laughs> if you're down that way.
2: We'll put that alongside uh, Juan Matter's lovely blogs about going to Portobello Road Market when he was at Chelsea and uh, and Kepper riding round on a bike. Sam, before we move on from this game, uh, the BBC reporting that, that Steve Cook might be on the way out of Bournemouth in January. They're not going to offer him a new deal next season, so they might let him go next month. And QPR, one of the teams linked with
1: him, does he get into their starting 11? Does he make their defence better? Oh, I think he'd be a good signing, yeah. Re- really like him. Um, good character when he really enjoyed his company when he came on the podcast back in the last season. And well, I saw he was linked to Newcastle recently, obviously to be reunited with Eddie Howe, which would probably surprise me a little, but I think for a team trying to get out of the championship, he, he'd be a perfect signing for Rangers right now. I've never not been convinced with Jimmy Dunn at all when I've seen him. I think he's been better Latterly, but yeah, I think at the moment the way that QPR squad is, he'd probably get in the side alongside um, Dicky and Barbe, and that would be a formidable um, back three. So, so yeah, absolutely, I think he'd be a, a a perfect player to bring into a Championship squad that's challenging to get into the Premier League.
2: Uh, in League One, we're going to have a look at Sheffield Wednesday against Burton Albion, partly because we're recording on a Wednesday, but mainly because the Owls are Nancy's specialist subject. Uh, last game, Nancy against Accrington was postponed, but generally it's been going pretty well for the Real Madrid of League One.
3: <laughs> yes, and now they've got that to live with as well. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, what a what a title. But genuinely, I think they. Um, I saw them in their last game that they actually played against Crew, um, and f- they looked convincing, which um, is genuinely what I think has been lacking from them um, in terms of them actually looking like they could get. Automatic promotion and or playoffs, um. Whereas like Rotherham, I think have been convincing all season. So, but yeah, they were um. They looked confident. They looked kind of at home being on top. Um, and that's something they've struggled with this season. Like when they've come up against, um, a team that you'd probably consider to be a bit of an underdog. They've normally been pegged back. They lost it, um, at Morecambe, and they've struggled against you know some of the teams they've not played for a long time. Whereas when they've come up against likes of Sunderland they, they've they raised their game a bit so um yeah they looked a lot better the mood seems to be a lot more positive um a bit more belief that Darren Moore's the right man to do it and they've still got that that good unbeaten run which if they hadn't won when they did win um I think there were you know five six draws or something at Daft. then it you know if they'd lost then you're looking at whether he might get sacked or something but he wins and then that looks like a good run but um but yeah I think they need to just make sure that um they keep turning those those draws into wins and um they've got they've got this breather. I don't in all honesty I don't know what team it will be against Burton because I think they had quite a lot out with with covid. So I mean they're quite lucky they've got a fairly big squad and quite good depth but um but yeah, it might be a bit of a weakened team but there's a few players like Joshua Indas coming back from injury that probably appreciate I don't know if he's got it or not but it might appreciate these uh, extra games of rest because he was a bit like in and out of the team whilst he was just building up his um, his fitness again
2: yeah it was Dave Bartel by the way the crew boss who who called Sheffield Wednesday the Real Madrid of League one you can read more about that in Nancy's uh, latest owls piece up on the athletic. Are they looking to get a striker in, Nancy, in January? I ask this because only the top two have conceded fewer goals, but they've scored at least six fewer than all of the teams above them, which maybe, I don't know, as the layman would suggest to me, that the Saido Berahino experiment hasn't worked.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, Lee Gregory is definitely the uh, the main man there. And To be honest, I don't think, I mean, when you spell it out like that, in terms of the numbers, it, it looks worse than it is, but I don't think they need another striker, um, especially with Windass coming back. What I think they need more than that is a centre back. They've been patching up at the back there for some time. Um, Marvin Johnson is now apparently a centre back under Darren Moore, which is um, an interesting experiment, but he's done quite well by all accounts, and maybe a left back. So yeah, I don't, I don't think they need it. But equally, with them being who they are in League One, if they wanted one, they could probably get one.
2: Burton Sam, their last game was also postponed. They had lost three on the spin before that. They're down in in thirteenth in the table. Second half of the season, not saying it's going to be a slog for them, but I'm not sure they've got the quality to make it a charge for the playoffs.
1: No, I probably agree with that. I thought it's really interesting reading some quotes from Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank in the last week or so, just about the game plan, I think, for for Burton moving forward as a club. How in the summer he recruited younger players, you know, trying to put them on, bigger contracts, making them assets so the the club can compete, I suppose, at this level and beyond if they are to get into the Championship. They lost Scott Fraser for nothing last summer, um, which I think he spoke about can't be allowed to happen. Just looking at the model being a bit more sustainable and obviously within that, playing a better brand of football, I think he's had to go in there with quite a, an experienced squad initially, probably not enough talent to go toe to toe with the bigger clubs in the division and have to be a bit more defensively minded. So I think he sees it as a job that he's going to have for a number of years, how he can improve their, their playing style, uh, prove their, their finances. So I think he deserves a lot of credit for what he's done so far, because it's clearly not, you know, how he really wants to be managing. I think he wants to do things a little bit more free flowing, probably in terms of the style. Um, This game, Nancy touched on it. You know, Wednesday have struggled against so-called lesser sides at home. That'll be what Burton have to play on, really. Raise their game going to Hillsborough. But away from home, they're just so limp right now. Lost four straight games. I think they mustered four shots on target in those four. Didn't manage one at Wigan or MK. And with the... Yes, they're defensively not a bad side. But with the firepower they've got, Jefferson, Smith... Hemmings they need to be doing better going forward I don't know if that's a creativity problem or if it's down to the strikers missing chances I think it's probably a combination of the two so yeah to answer your question Matt to improve their standing in the division need to improve away from home and I'm sure we'll be talking about Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank and Burton having a really successful season once more if they can stabilize in the top half.
2: Did win on their last visit to Hillsborough. That was back on New Year's Day 2018, 3-0 in the Championship on that day. Uh, before we move on to the big game in League 2, Sam, it's been bothering me since the start of the pod. I assume that had you been offered sauce with the bacon roll, it would be ketchup rather than brown?
1: No, it would be brown. Always brown with bacon and red with sausages, Matt. And the thing is, like when I'm here, that, that I do get weighted on hand and foot and um graham's done about 20 steps to bring me the 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 bacon roll i couldn't make him go down and back up with the with the sauce it would have been too much considering the four morettis he delivered me last night
2: (laughs) is it at least heavily buttered so that there's there's some sort of lubrication
1: it, it is ridiculous the butter
2: all right, Nancy, you brown sauce too. This is weird. Yeah, you both pegged as,
3: as ketchup kids. No, brown sauce on both for me, but I'm veggie, so I have to have veggie uh, sausages. And, well, I don't really bother with veggie bacon. It's a bit sad. So, um, yeah, brown sauce there <laughs> all the way.
2: Yeah, my wife uh, tried veggie bacon again for the first time in about 10 years last night, and sad is exactly the look that <laughs> I would, um, the word I would use to describe the look on her face. Sausage is fine. It. Yeah, Linda McCartney, great, but bacon, not good. Where were we? League two we're about to head to. Oldham and Scunthorpe, the battle of the bottom two in the division, uh, to the game shortly first. But first, we mentioned in passing on Monday's pod, a letter an Oldham fan had received this week saying he was banned from attending games. Uh, some more on that. His name's Bradley Knowles, one of three people who have apparently received this letter. Uh, this is for protesting against the club's owner, Abdallah Lemzigam. The letter reads, You've displayed a desire to promote your dislike of Oldham Athletic Football Club, its management and its progression, and you're influencing others to do the same. You're taking deliberate steps to harm the club. In light of these circumstances, I'm writing to inform you that you are officially banned from all first team and youth team games at Boundary Park and any other grounds where either team are playing for a minimum period of three years. This is imposed with immediate effect. I mean, it's nonsense in a lot of ways. They can't stop them going to away games unless they get a court order, which is obviously not going to happen. But there's more to the story. A report in the Blackpool Gazette states the letters were sent by a chap called Stephen Brown, who was appointed head of commercial in the summer and bumped up to general manager in October. According to Oldham's website, his job description is to oversee the day-to-day running of the off-pitch activities for staff, as well as continue to manage and develop the commercial partnerships and revenue streams. He previously worked at Blackpool under the Oysters when they were sending out uh, letters threatening legal action to supporters as well. He sounds like a lovely fella you come into this game Nancy thinking oh Scunthorpe they seem a relatively calm well managed club compared to the team that they're playing in this match
3: yeah I know it makes um, even the you know the most angry of uh, fan bases look kind of (laughs) sane and uh, yeah it's baffling I just think whenever you get to a point where you're uh, banning fans or banning local media um, it's just it's doing more damage than whatever the the problem they think is, which I think is a problem that's gone top. Actually, I think the, the owner there has, has banned all the local press. So that's, um, yeah, really just a very odd move. I don't know really what. I mean, it's it's a shame for the fans, but th- there's reason that they're upset. You know, this is, this isn't like they're grumbling about the team being ten points clear at the top of the league or something. This is years of completely bonkers actions, like you know, promises of fan engagement that haven't really been fulfilled and and all that stuff so and yeah like you say the letter itself is a bit nonsense because I don't think they can ban away uh, fans from going to away games so it's worrying times for fans at Oldham but I don't even know if it looks like there's any light at the end of the tunnel either which is probably the most um, depressing thing for them really
2: Yeah, these two, the bottom sides, both on on 16 points. Sam, I'm I'm trying to work out whether Keith Hill's had a good start or not. Uh, They haven't won yet under him, but they've drawn four of their last five. Not much movement in terms of the table, though, so they need to be changing some of those Ds to Ws.
1: Yeah, difficult to tell looking at the results, but I think within the performances, there's been a big improvement just in terms of, I think everything you get when a new manager comes in, there's more, the, the fitness levels l- look to be better. They look to be more aggressive in terms of closing the opposition down from the front. Um, they look more organised. That's that's clear because they're not shipping shipping goals. I think they conceded 15 in the six before Keith Hill arrived. They conceded seven in his six games. Yes, a lot of them draws, but there's definitely been an improvement. When you look at these two sides recent. Fortunes. I mean, Oldham scored five the last time out, so I'd make Oldham favourites just on that because Scunthorpe are toiling still in that regard. If they could find a way to get the second in some of these games, I have no doubt that they'll start picking up some victories, but that is the conundrum right now. I think Miles Hippolyte is the one who's looking most likely. Ryan Loft's form is not particularly good under Keith Hill, and I'm sure... If they're able to bring anyone in in January, which I'm sure is a massive question considering the problems that there's been at Scunthorpe in the last six months or so. But I'm sure Keith Hill will be knocking on Premier League Championship um, chairman's doors to say, give us a striker or two to try and get us out of this relegation mire. So I think it's going to be a struggle, but I think he's done well so far, Keith Hill, and he's always been someone that I've respected and wish that I'd played for not not just because um, he likes indie and wears uh, good jackets, but I, I I just like Keith Hill. I think he's been a good manager, and I'm, yeah, I, I, he's someone I wished I'd have played for towards the end of my career.
2: You'd have trained well under him. Under him, I'm sure. Running up that road, running for Keith Hill. I'm going to keep <laughs> making that. strangled Kate Bush analogy for the rest of the season. Um, Right, let's get some odds on the games we've been mentioning, courtesy of Paddy Power here in the guise of Producer Abby. All
5: right, so providing these matches go ahead... QPR Bournemouth will start in the championship and it is Bournemouth who are the favourites here despite their being the away side they are 13 to 10 QPR 17 to 10 and the draw coming in at 12 to 10 we'll move over to league one where we have been previewing Sheffield Wednesday up against Burton uh, unsurprisingly it is the who are the favourites they are 7 to 10 to win that game Burton at 10 to 3 with the draw 13 to 5 and in league two The basement battle between Oldham and Scunthorpe. Uh, Good luck to them both. It's Oldham who are the favourites, who are 11 to 10, 23 to 10, the draw, and Scunthorpe 11 to 5.
2: Thanks, Abby. You can find out these odds and more at paddypower.com or the Paddy Power app. It's over 18s only. Prices are accurate at the time of recording. T's and C's apply, and when the funds stop, (laughs) stop.
5: Because you're a listener of the Totally Football League Show, you can get a third off an Athletic subscription right now. All you need to do is head to theathletic.com forward slash league show. That's theathletic.com forward slash league show.
2: Okay, we're going to do a quiz to finish our final pod of the year. Abby is going to be the host of this. The winner gets an NFT. Over to you, Abby.
5: What a prize, eh? What a prize. Uh, So... We can make this quiz as long as short as we feel. So let's see how we go. Let's begin with the career path section. And Nancy, choose a number between one and five.
3: Uh, I'll have four, please.
5: Number four. So yeah, just to quickly explain, I'm going to read out the career path of a player. You just have to tell me what player. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. So at youth team, Man United, Stoke, Forest, and then Forest, Blackburn. And they're all players who have been like hit the headlines in the EFL this year.
3: This year, okay.
5: I'll give opportunities to steal. Oh, is it Bertrand Diaz? It is Burton Diaz. Oh, yes. yes, got there in the end. Uh, <laughs> Sam, choose a number between one and five, not number four.
1: One, please, Abby.
5: Okay. Good luck to me pronouncing this: teleoptic partisan and elect Newcastle Fulham.
1: Alexander Mitrovic.
5: Nice and easy, straight in. Matt, finally, you've got two, three, or five?
2: Uh, two, obviously.
5: Number two Swindon, Chippenham Town. Waterford, Chippenham Town. Newport, MK Dons.
2: The, those two were so easy. I mean, like the Championship's <laughs> two top scorers. Um, I'm going to go with Sam's best mate, Scott Twine.
5: You'd be correct to go with Sam's yes. best mate, Scott Twine. <laughs> Uh, The other two I had on here were for Andy Carroll and Max Power, uh, but there we go. All right, we're then going to move on to the complete the list section. I'm going to give you three names. You've just got to give the fourth name for the appropriate topic. I'm not going to give you the topic, though. Nancy, I'll give you, you can kick us off with Mendes Gomez, Tony, Marcondes, and who? That's actually quite a difficult one. (laughs) Mm. Um, so Carlos Mendes going is Ivan Tony Marcondes But who else?
3: I have no idea Can I offer it up to someone else if they want it? I, there is an opportunity to steal Yes, yeah, then fire away I have
5: no clue on that I'll give you a clue the, uh, It's the
2: Blackpool goalscorer from the, from the League 1 playoff final, right? Yeah
5: it Very much is
1: Oh, I got it. Yeah, can okay. I get
5: yeah. it? You can get it, but I won't give you a point. Kenny <laughs> Dougal. It's Kelly, Kenny Dougal. Oh, Nancy oh. Craig will be disappointed. He will be. Yeah, <laughs> don't tell him. Cut this out. <laughs> uh, Matt, Morecambe, FGR, Newport.
2: Um, so who? A, a team that comes next in that sequence.
5: Uh, completes the sequence, yeah. Okay. It completes the list. It's not a sequence.
2: Right, I mean, it's pretty vague. That i be. I've got to say, um, I will it's go for from theme. nowhere. Uh, Morecambe,
1: F. G. Last deal. Newport. What's the theme?
5: You can you can steal if Matt doesn't Oxford. Get any answer. No, Matt Sam. Tranmere. Correct. Those were the people in the playoff places in League Two at the yeah. end of last season, and Sam, Thomas Frank, Steve Cooper. Valerian Ishmael.
1: Uh, Again, sorry. Ishmael. Thomas
5: Thomas Frank, Steve Cooper, Valerian Ishmael. Critchley? No, I'm afraid Can I steal? You can steal.
2: Jonathan Woodgate.
5: Correct. That was the managers of (laughs) the championship playoff teams. All right. So after two rounds, we're at Matt and Sam on two, Nancy on one. We'll go into the trivia section. Two questions each trivia from the year. Okay, Matt. Ivan Tony finished as top scorer in the championship in the twenty twenty one season. But who finished second? Hmm.
2: No. Um,
5: scored twenty-eight goals.
2: Scored twenty-eight goals. That's a lot of goals. Uh Pookie.
5: Adam Armstrong. I didn't even oh. knock that one up, sorry. <laughs> Would any of you have said Adam Armstrong? No. Should do no. on the Saints fan. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Nancy, I feel like I've been really harsh with your questions, but here we are. Um, how many managerial changes have there been across twenty twenty one in the EFL? Sorry, how many managerial departures have there been across twenty twenty one in the EFL? If you get it within five, I'll give it to you. Okay. Not including Turkey tech- caretakers.
3: I think there's already been five in the Championship, so I'll go for below that. I'm I'm guessing I could probably top up a few. Let's oh, all right with five. Go for yeah. I've. Uh, Put together a different quiz for another occasion, shall I say.
5: <laughs> oh yeah, I think this is why I made your questions harder, because I know you've put
3: together a <laughs> quiz. Um, I, will, I will guess a nice round number. Let's go for uh, 15, five in each.
5: The whole, so I'm sorry, going from January to this very Oh, point in okay, time. I thought you meant just the
3: season. Oh, more no. than that then. Oh, uh, 35. 54. Oh my God. Yeah.
5: Clearly League I am a... reluctant to Quite... sack a manager. Yeah, League 2, 26 <laughs> changes this year departures Sam I actually think this is an easy question for you uh, Neil Warnock broke the record for most games in English football but who was the opponent in his 1,602nd game
1: no uh, I you
5: were it was his record
1: breaking game yeah yep
5: yeah.
1: Um, wasn't Sheffield United was it Ikanovic kind
5: of it was not it was West Luton. Brom no it was Luton no. They lost 3-1. All right. This is a nice quickfire one. Matt, who's currently the youngest manager in the EFL? Uh,
2: James Rowberry.
5: No, it's Kieran McKenna. Nancy, which team is nicknamed
3: the Sulfrites? Oh, oh, I don't like this pressure question thing. Uh, (laughs) I'm having a blank. I don't know. I'm doing so badly. That's
5: all right. Harrogate Town. There There we go. (laughs) Sam, whose mascot is Jenny? Can't do that. I'm not giving him a point.
1: (laughs) Sorry. Go on, Abby.
5: (laughs) Whose mascot is Jenny the Giraffe?
1: Giraffe? Oh, uh, no idea. I'll go Barrow.
5: Uh, No, it is Sutton, obviously. (laughs) 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 All right. We'll go to our final round, which is the podding around. This is uh, questions all about the podcast from the year 1H again. Nancy, one podcast is titled Dave Challoner is fed and watered. Who's Dave Challoner in this context? uh i don't know matt matt do you remember who dave challoner is you don't remember who dave Challoner?: is. it's
2: not yeah i do but i think oh. nancy meant is it, but meant, is but it's it not oh
5: sorry sorry yeah. i misunderstood that
2: <laughs> it's jeff stellings cat
5: it is jeff stellings cat oh wow. <laughs> yeah um, hopefully he's gonna, know, gonna get a new one um sam as you know i love a parody And in January, I made Matt do a parody of the viral TikTok, The Weller Man, aka Sea Shanty. But about which team? It included the line, they'd not been paid two weeks and more, the takeover had become such a bore.
1: Oh, I remember it, it was glorious, but I can't remember the team. Uh, Takeover. Oh, was it Ipswich?
5: No, Matt, do you remember?
1: I remember it well. Uh,
2: It was Derby County and I remember it well because I actually had to record that whilst we had the builders in and one of them said to me afterwards, what exactly is your job? Uh, (laughs) In a fairly sort of disgusted (laughs) way. So, yeah, thanks for that, Abby.
5: Yeah. And finally, Matt, how many shows have you hosted this year? I'll give it to you if you get it within five.
2: Of the Totally Football League show?
5: Of the Totally Football League show.
2: I don't think he's missed Uh... one. Oh, yeah, 2021... <laughs> He's due a rest. Uh, yeah, yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> very, very tired content have been pumping out for the last few months. In 2021, I am going to say I have hosted 46 editions of the Totally Football League show. Oh, no, nice. I'm not, no, I'm not. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that because I've just you remembered just that, that we went twice a week, halfway through the season. So I'm going to up it to 64.
5: No, Reverse the numbers. Was- pretty much in the middle of that 57 is the answer okay so well congratulations on your paycheck um well after that round I think we've all agreed that that quiz was ridiculous uh congratulations to Matt and Sam for your two points Nancy give your give your quiz a plug so that people can actually test their EFL knowledge
3: oh well it might be easy now compared to this um it'll be on the athletic on boxing day so um be nice in the comments tell me what you got (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right that's just about it for us for this year um, Nancy you've been working on the EFL ones to watch feature for the Athletic can you give us a little tease maybe one or two players you might feature in that
3: yeah um, I can tell you all of them we are taking a look at some of the bargain buys and or players that your club should be looking at in the EFL this January so we've picked out uh, John Swift at Reading um, he's out of contract in the summer uh, Matt Stevens at Forest Green James Hill at Fleetwood uh, and Nick Miller's written on, Rob Dickey and Keen Lewis Potter at Hull. So exciting picks.
2: Good picks. Athletic.com slash league show, the place to go to sign up if you aren't currently a subscriber. Uh, Sam, there's a slight concern about cranberry sauce and
1: bread sauce for your Christmas dinner. Can you you Mm -hmm. confirm that your father-in-law's on top of that situation? Uh, I'd imagine he will be. I'm very much a bread sauce punter. In in that regard, Uh, memories of my sister lathering it on like gravy. So um, she she won't be uh, on our table this year, but I imagine she'll be doing it with her children elsewhere.
2: Listener, it's that kind of uh, fascinating depth of insight that only an Athletic-associated product could bring you. We thank you for staying with us throughout the year. We will be back next year. Who knows what the world of the FA will look like at that point, but we'll be here to report upon it. 4th of January is our first show back. We'll see you back here then. Until then, have a great festive season and we'll speak to you soon.
5: You've been listening to the Totally Football League Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Listen ad-free on The Athletic app and keep up to date with everything Totally by heading to At The Totally Show on Twitter and on Insta. Find out the latest subscription offers by going to theathletic.com forward slash league show. The Totally Football League Show is an Athletic Media Company production. The Athletic.